Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. Dan Noma, welcome to the Next Level Podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate my, it. Yeah, dude. My, my pleasure. Um, so... Uh, we are getting the Facebook Live going part of this because, uh, you know, you, when you and I started talking about recording this podcast, we decided, hey, let's do this one live inside the Next Level Agents Facebook group. There's some good information here. Yeah. But of course, uh, you know, let's also record a podcast. So this is, I'm, I'm excited for this because you and I have been talking so much race recently about some of the stuff you've got going on. And while I definitely want to talk about that, I also want to <laughs> talk about the stuff you've been doing in your career. Um, cool over the last, what, since you opened Venture REI, what, 2010? Yeah, 2012. So we're, about, yeah we're about 10 years into Venture REI now, so we just All had right. our 10-year anniversary. Man, that, that's pretty crazy. So the, tell, us, tell us what Venture REI is first. So um, tell, me, tell me a little bit about, like, where did Venture REI come from? And um, tell me, like, why did you decide to open up your own real estate brokerage? Yeah, why did I do that? Um, so, you know, fundamentally, my clients, you know, even back uh, beginning of time were always investors. I've actually, you know, pride myself on saying I've never sold a home to someone that lives in it. And that, that actually is really true. They, they actually have never lived in it. No one's ever sat in the back seat of my car. Um, so I've always operated real estate a little bit differently. Um, so when the idea that, you know, REO, short sale, that kind of stuff started happening and, uh, you know, I could, I could sell real estate without having to drive people around and, and open doors that I thought that that was great. So, um, I quickly got tied into a, working with a lot of institutional people. Um, they understood that my background really was in commercial real estate. So my degrees in commercial real estate and finance. Um, and so they knew that I understood commercial real estate fundamentals and they were starting to get this idea that they could take some of those fundamentals and shift them over into, residential. Um, and so one of my clients, uh, he was the, the originator of single family homes for rent. Uh, he's considered kind of the godfather of single family for rent. Um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but jumping into like 2011, 2012, we really got involved in the institutional acquisition of single family homes for rent. And I would say, you know, today that's probably the core of our business. We, you know, we've really figured out how to to work with these institutions to help them really aggregate a bunch of houses at scale. Um, we help them build their property management divisions. We, we help them, you know, on the acquisition side. And while it sounds easy, right, someone comes to you and they say they want to buy a thousand homes in a market um, in a year, it actually is pretty hard. And, you know, we can't buy them on MLS. I mean, we buy some on MLS, but a lot of these we have to feed up funnel and we got to get close to the seller. And so, you know, when, uh, when, you know, fast forwarding a little bit further, getting into like iBuyer time, five, six years ago, Open Door comes in our market. Um, I saw this as a huge opportunity, right? I said, man, all these guys are, you know, they're connecting to the sellers directly. Like, how can I align with them? And so, you know, we've transacted, you know, a ton with, with Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow. I mean, all these guys in this disruption space. And so it's been a really cool journey, you know, just, uh, a different way of playing in the real estate world for sure. Yeah. So that's, you know, what, what's interesting is um, 
anybody who's like just now tuning in, if they just caught the, the part where you said, well, that's interesting when, when you brought up open door and you know, open door, like launching five, six years ago, yep. um, as opposed to what most agents say, which is what the heck is that? Or yep. I, man, they're trying to get rid of us. You went, hold on a second. This is interesting. Where's my opportunity in this? And that, I think that's one of the things, uh, number one, that I really appreciate about you, but then you went out and did something about it too. So, you, so your business can grow because you said, what can I, what can I learn from these guys? Where can, right. where's the chance for me to jump in? So, um, right. That should give anybody who just tuned in a little bit of a look into the way you think and the way you approach the real estate business because clearly it's different than most other people and it's one of the things I really, really admire about you. Um, why do you think, let me ask you this question, Dan, and, and I don't want to get too off track from your story, nope. but why do, you, why do you think most people don't respond in a similar way? Um, so, you know, I, I actually spend a lot of time on, you know, personal and, and, and business development. So I've done a lot of coaching around this and, you know, personally, I understand that, you know, it, everything's in your mindset, right? And so if we are, if, if we're presented with an idea and our response comes from fear, we're always going to have this kind of negative, con, you know, connotation around it. Um, so the way I respond with it is just being grateful. And so like, Oh my God, this is, you know, so like, you know, think about, you know, we'll take open door, for example, they walk into our market. A lot of our agents, their response was fear. Oh my God, these guys are going to take over our world. Um, our response was, you know, this is like, we're super grateful that these guys are here. This is happening. You know, this could be the greatest change in our real estate history ever. I'm, I'm appreciate that we get to be a part of this ride. What's our opportunity in it? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, that we just focus a lot on just we, you know, things that we can't change. We can't change, and let's find the opportunity in, in the stuff that we can't. You know, and that's 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 how we built this the brand here, and this is what we do. Awesome. So, if I'm not mistaken, you guys venture REI. So, obviously, you're you've got there's there's the traditional uh, aspect to it, but most of your yeah. business obviously is is with these institutional buyers uh, and I buyers, etc. Yeah. Um, you guys got what six locations for your brokerage now total. Yep. So we have six locations. We have about 150 agents in Maricopa County now. Um, you know, the, the thing that I kind of hang my hat on with our brokerage is uh, all these people came here organically. You know, we've never done any recruiting and, and none of that. And, uh, you know, when I built this company, I thought it was going to be me and Gabe and maybe a couple other people. And it's it certainly evolved into something different on, on a brokerage end. But, you know, we're definitely not the, um, you know, not a training type place. It's a it's an environment that's, you know, heavily investor focused. And, uh, you know, while we have some agents that, that play on, on both sides a little bit, you know, the core of our business is, is been on the off market and the institutional world. Yeah, that's uh, no doubt. I mean, I, I know some, I know some of the agents that, that have worked with you guys and um, you know, it is kind of fun because I want to say our good, we have a mutual friend, Dustin introduced us years ago by yep. 2013, 2014, sometime quite a while ago. And, and we had, uh, I remember just kind of sitting there meeting with you with your, with your old office in Chandler and talking through some different ideas. And I, I knew right away, like you, you definitely approach things differently. I liked it. Um, and also at the same time, like here I am, I'm a, I'm a traditional agent. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, and try, quite frankly, you talked about like, Hey, it sounds great to client comes to you says, I want to buy a thousand houses. Like that, honestly, that would scare the crap out of me personally, because right. I just, I don't know, uh, I don't know how to approach that. And so what I was hoping maybe we could do today, Dan, is how do you even be, I, I'm not asking you for trade secrets, but could you just break down like some of the thought processes 
what, what do you do when, when somebody comes to you like that and they say, hey, Dan, we need you to help us buy 500, 1,000, 2,000 homes over the next couple of years in, your, in this one market. Yep. What do you even begin to look at? Because I think most of us as agents, and I know you consider yourself kind of like nerd first, real estate agent second, yep. um, but you, most of us are agents, right? And yep. so it's hard for us to even think from that side, I'll call it like the Wall Street side of it or the, the big investor side of it first. Where do yep. I even begin? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of first, you know, our, our first step really is we, we, we really dive in deep with our clients on their buy box criteria. We want to understand like at least what the market can bear. So if we, we do have a lot of clients that will come in and they say they want to buy X amount of properties. And within a few minutes, we can tell them how many pretty close to what we think we can actually pull out of the market at any given time. So we built a software, it's called Moneyball. Um, and in that software, we can underwrite the, we, we underwrite the entire market every 90 seconds. Um, so what we're doing in there is a couple things, right? We're underwriting the MLS, so properties for sale, and we're underwriting everything that's actually in the market. So we've had to learn what the stuff that, so let's say, for example, my, my client's buy box is built. I understand the metrics of what they're going to buy. Like they, they want a, a 6% yield, right? So if, if they want that kind of yield play, then I just, I find our sellers who are most likely to sell. So they start kind of tracking boxes, right? They, they've owned their home for five or more years. They've, they've got X amount of equity in the property. They, one of their neighbors just sold to one of our competitors, things like that. So we start looking for like trends and try to figure out when people are most likely to sell. So originally it was just us. Like I was going out and we were sending the mail and we were, we were going direct to consumer and we were trying to, have these conversations with consumers and while that worked and it was really effective what we found now that's we've become even more effective is that we have an army of agents in the market that we should service too and so we actually start giving those leads to real estate agents saying hey look you know i've got a client that wants to buy this house if you get a hold of this seller let them know that we're in, we're interested and when they are i'll give you the, i'll give you the offer on the property so what it's doing is like giving the agent a reason to have a conversation, right? So that now they have a reason to pick up the phone and call these people. Um, and then for us, it's a little self-serving because we get the first look at buying the property. So um, that's kind of the evolution of what we've got to. I mean, we've got a, we probably have 15 different lead funnels that happen. We work a lot with like wholesalers and um, obviously a lot of the iBuyers and, uh, you know, anybody that has their hands on properties, you know, my clients tend, because they're renting them fundamentally, they tend to pay more and they close in cash. And, and that's always been, cash has been king. Like that hasn't changed, right? The, I think agents are fearful to have that as the iBuyer walks into the world, but that hasn't changed. That, that's been happening in real estate forever. So um, yeah, we just, we try to, we're trying to leverage, you know, what our skill set is and, you know, give it, give, give the leads and things to agents that, you know, are stronger in, in people's living rooms, right? I would say that we're probably not the strongest at someone's living room. Um, and guys like you would be awesome, right? So you know, if you and I were sitting down having a listing presentation together, you'd probably get it. <laughs> well, you probably <laughs> represent the buyer. So that's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good match, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, so I like that because I, I got to ask, uh, where'd the name Moneyball come from? Because that's like my favorite book ever. I know. Uh, so is that where that's from? Yeah, it came from the book. So yeah, we, uh, yeah, it was just, what do we call this thing? We said, all right, we're calling it Moneyball. That's, that's the name. So that's, that's awesome. The, the background of our system. Yep. 
So I've, I've actually been saving that question for you to hit you, hit you live. I've, I've wanted to ask you that for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. um, so cool. So am I wrong, Dan? Like I actually, I, I realize like venture REI is a brokerage, but I think what I really just heard you say is you're, you're, you're like a software and tech company today. That's truthfully what it sounds like. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say that we, we've certainly evolved. Like as our clients buy boxes have become more, more robust and the demand for investment property, whether it be properties that are being flipped or properties that are going to be rented, that demand is strong. Like there's more capital in the space than I've ever seen it. And with that kind of pent up demand, like we had to focus on how do we get, how do we get enough boots on the ground, right? That, that can actually serve us back where they can actually give us these deals back. So that's where we spent a ton of time was just in really mining data and understanding like what are these properties they can buy? What can we do with these leads that we give to real estate agents? What tools do they need when, when they're going out to present them? What's the process that they, they could use to, to maybe close better? And so we've done a lot of testing to, to kind of get where we are today and, uh, and hopefully kind of keep growing. That's uh, man. That's awesome. What, let me, why, why is there so much money available in this space right now? Yeah. Um, so, you know, single family for rent, I, and I'll speak to that first is, is, is interesting, especially, you know, in what we call kind of the, um, the consumer, the, the, you know, your, your standard consumer product, right. The kind of that basic and Phoenix, it's that under 300 kind of level price point. Um, you know, they, over time, what we've learned is that consumers are probably reaching to buy those homes, right? Their income forces them to basically have enough money to be able to buy the house and maybe have a couple months of reserves, but they don't, they don't have a ton of equity or they don't have a ton of money in the bank that they're just sitting on. So, and, you know, let's say the AC unit goes out or they need a roof repair or they, they something big capital improvement happens to the property. They're, you know, it could be a generational issue, right? Like a ten or twenty thousand dollar swing in in an annual kind of basis for them, could could be a generational problem. And so the the institutional investors looked at this and they said, okay, well, this is an interesting play. Like we know people need a place to live. We know fundamentally maybe that they they, they maybe shouldn't buy a house. Like even though they're lending to them over here on the mortgage side. They, they said, well, maybe they shouldn't buy a house. And if they're not going to buy them, we want to make sure that we own those assets so that A, these people have a place to live and B, that we can get some rent out of them. Um, the cost of capital has come way down too. That's, that's a big trigger for us is, is cost of capital. So when I first got into the space, a lot of these institutions were leveraging their own capital stack at, you know, five, 6%. Today, that number is around two, two and a half percent. So, you know, how many houses would you buy if the interest rate was two and a half percent and you could rent it out at full market value? Probably a lot, you know, and that's, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Um, and then now we've got a lot of investors that have been playing like in the multifamily space and the commercial space and things like that, that have some uncertainty, you know, like especially in the retail world where they don't, they don't, they don't want to invest in malls and things anymore because they're a little uncertain on how that's going to play out with the growth of Amazon and everybody shopping online. They're going, hey, maybe we should diversify a little bit. So we're starting to see capital stacks filter from, you know, guys that used to say, for example, invest in malls and, and retail strip centers are now investing in single family for rent. Um, and and it's, a, it's its own asset class now. I mean, we're starting to see big trades of single family rental pools trade, you know, 
in the thousands, thousand, two thousand assets will start trading. And, you know, since we've started this now, they're up to, I think there's 200,000 single family rentals owned in the United States by either publicly traded REITs or smaller groups that will trade into a REIT. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So now you and I are both, we're in the, we're in the Metro Phoenix area, right? So, um, but this doesn't just happen here, right? This has happened in, yeah. in other markets. Yeah, totally. So, you know, uh, fundamentally we see them in what we call kind of the smile state. So any areas that we saw a big distress, you know, during REO and short sale, um, climates that it's warm, it's easy to manage the properties. We're not seeing like, you know, huge breakage in pipes and winterizing vacant assets and things like that. There are groups now that, that are starting to get into markets like that, right? Um, we're starting to see a lot of movement in Chicago. We're seeing a lot of movement in New York um, where these guys can get big rents. And they're really playing a, a game of, of a return on their, on their dollar. And if that means they need to own a property in Massachusetts, that they, you might start to see them buy assets there too. Wow. Okay. So, so this isn't just like a, it's going to happen a few different places. This is happening sort of all over the country at this point. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a big segment of the business um, in, in kind of for, for real estate agents, I feel, I feel like it's a bit underserved, right? Like they all, they come to us and we source it to multiple investors at a time. Um, but, you know, I mean, as an agent, it would be a market that, that, that you could totally consider. I mean, you could build a business just on selling properties to some of these groups and be totally satisfied with that. Well, you know? clearly, 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 yeah. clearly you can do that, right? Uh, your, yeah. your proof of it. Uh, yeah. you, you sold a couple homes. You probably sold a couple homes since we started recording 25 minutes ago. So Maybe. we hope, we hope. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's fascinating uh, now I know the answer to this because I've been lucky enough to know you for years and you've, you've allowed me to kind of, to truthfully learn from you. Um, but can you just do me a favor for, cause we've got listeners that aren't just in the smile states, if you will, yep. that truthfully aren't even really sure what an iBuyer is, or maybe they know now, but yep. what's the difference between like an iBuyer and say one of the institutions that, that you represent or one of these, you know, the REITs or these smaller groups that you represent from time to not from time to time, but um, yeah. basically every day. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we really put them in two boxes. And so we identify the, the I buyer as, as any, basically any buyer in that market that is buying a property and they are going to return that property to that market. So we, we know that they're going to renovate it and they're going to return it to the market as a resale property. So we identify those, all of them as iBuyers. And I know there's big ones and there's small guys, there's all kinds of them. Um, on the institutional side, we, those people, those, those properties do not come back to market. Those properties are bought, they are renovated, and then they go into a long-term rental play. Um, many of them get traded at Wall Street, just like, like stocks and bonds, right? So they package them up and they trade them like they trade any other stock. And so many of these REITs now, they're publicly traded companies, right? So there's, say, 20,000 homes in a REIT, and that, that company is now traded in a public market. So it's really hard for them to unwind them and sell them. So there is no, many of them don't, don't even factor appreciation in their model. It is strictly just a rent model. They're going to rent these things um, until the cows come home. There, there's no plan ever to sell any of them. Wow. So theoretically that business forever is just going to collect rents and it's not ever going to go. So let's say we have a big run up, right? So here in the Phoenix market, anyways, we yep. say from 
you, if you would have bought a house here in 2012, what it's worth today is significantly more. Yep. Um, they're not going to like your guys that bought in 2012, they're not going to go, Hey, listen, we just, we gained 75% value. We're going to go start selling these, you know, this 75 homes over here of this hundred because their yep. whole business model is about collecting rent. It is, yeah. So they, they collect rent, but you also have to remember that they they are using debt as a vehicle. So when when they see that kind of appreciation, that's monopoly money. So now they can refinance the debt, pull some equity out, and buy ten more houses with it, right? And so they they they're, they're rinsing and repeating. So the guys that got into the game early, groups like Invitation Homes, um, American Homes for Rent, some of these other guys. They, 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 they bought at the absolute bottom and, you know, they're buying assets now on the house's money on appreciation. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's mind blowing. Okay. So these, so they're buying, they are buying homes forever, theoretically. And then an iBuyer is going to buy it and literally put it right back on the market. I'm not the next day, but as soon yeah. as possible. Right. Yep. Yep. That property gets recycled. So recycled, put back on the market and, uh, you know, the, the iBuyer really, like if you look at kind of our bigger iBuyers, Open Door, Offer Pad, Zillow, the, the function is they're, they're playing on convenience. They're, they're giving consumers an option that they've never had before. So, you know, in one sense, we talk about the institution who, you know, they, they're servicing a need of the consumer that there was a segment of consumer that wanted, didn't want to live in an apartment, but they also couldn't afford to buy a home. So they, they serviced that for them. They answered that need. That's all the iBuyers done is they created an option for consumers to say, look, if you want to sell your home and you want to sell it now and have it be certain, we'll take on the liability of, you know, it could potentially stay on the market for 90 days, right? Or, you know, we'll take the liability of making sure the house stays clean for every showing. We'll take the liability of the house potentially getting broken into during showings and things like that. So they've taken all that, all that ugliness that we talk about in selling a property and service in that need. And, you know, the question is what, what, to what degree are consumers willing to give up of equity to pay for that convenience? And, you know, that answer is still to be seen. I mean, we see that number vary every day across the market. So there's no, no, no methodology to that yet, I would say, but um, it certainly is servicing a need of, or a demand that the client, that the consumer has. Yeah. You know, I had a guest on the podcast um, last year, his name's uh, or I guess it's sorry, earlier this year, his name's Chris Heller, good friend of mine. And he mentioned that it's really consumer behavior that drives technology, not the other way around. Totally. I think that's actually what we're now experiencing in real estate, right. the consumer behavior of wanting these other options. Maybe it's the, the yeah. renter that really shouldn't buy yet, or maybe it's the seller that doesn't want to go through this kind of arduous process that just not isn't fun. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I have that conversation with agents all the time when they go, man, you know, I can't believe you guys are, are aligning yourselves with, uh, with the iBuyer. And I, I just look at them and I, and I, and I think about and my response to them is look, there, there's, there's a huge opportunity in this. If you, if you actually sat down and thought about it, you know, these guys are providing something to your, an option for your clients that you never were able to provide before. Right. So like if we're in the service-based business, that that's a service we should be we should be offering that to our clients um and, and for some people it works and for for the majority so far it still doesn't but they're just servicing that that need that that consumer demand and and certainly what they've proven so far is that there is a consumer demand for this 
and we as agents we don't get to control that and, and no one's you know and they i've heard the the argument well nar is supposed to be looking out for us and you know protect our industry and all this other stuff and it's for what i mean this this is a consumer focused group they these guys are not here to protect agents that's not that's not the play here the tech is built around serving the need of the consumer and we as agents just need to find where we play in that need right i think that's the that's that's what it is at its core for me I mean, isn't that what entrepreneurship and business is all about is like you actually go out and take care of, you find a need and you fill it. Yeah. But, you know, the thing, and I, man, I'm an, I run an age, I run a traditional agent team yeah. uh, and we're evolving, right? Partially in the help because of your help. Um, but I, so I can, I can relate to the agent that is kind of scared or, or scared or even upset on right. one hand. But on the other hand, what I, the thing that it, that's always gotten me, Dan, is that when I hear people talking about the changes coming in the technology. What I hear is uh, phrases about protecting commissions, not yeah. about serving the consumer. And I think we have to change the conversation to the consumer, not about the commission or about the agent protecting the agent. I feel as an agent, as a business person, it is yeah. my job to find my opportunity, create value. I'm, call me woo woo or whatever, but I believe I'm, I get paid in direct proportion to the value I provide to a scenario. To a, to a transaction or to a business, whatever that might be. Right. And that, you know, you hear that argument constantly. Well, these guys won't be along or around very long because they're not making any money. And the reality is, is they will, they will eventually make money. Um, that's not what the, the need that they're servicing right now. The need, they're, they're actually, they're, they've got more, more consumer eyes than any one of us does singly, right? Than in, in the country. Um, so, you know, they kind of are answering, they're, they're speaking to the consumer. And if you've heard like Eric Wu talk or some of these leaders at some of these other companies, they, they never talk about themselves. They never talk about profitability. They never talk about the profitability of their teams. It's always about like what's in the best interest of the consumer. And I think we as agents, if we shift our thinking, like and we're, we're facing the consumer and if we're consumer first, eventually we'll win, right? It's kind of that theory that, you know, old, old adage that, you know, if you do the right thing, eventually good things will happen to you. I believe that to be true in, in all of this. We never see like bad leaders or bad companies really, really take off and go. It's the guys that, you know, service the consumer first, then they really start to make it. I think Bezos is the, uh, the proof of that for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> they, they, people seem to be okay with Amazon losing money for 20 years. So right. Apparently you can lose money for a long time and yep. actually still have a business that uh, survives. That's it. That's I think it. it's that maybe people aren't used to that happening in real estate. And so it's yeah. new and maybe it's kind of scary to them. Right. Um, you know, I, I have a friend and he's kind of a friend and a mentor. He was a, he was a boss of mine. Uh, and first he was a coworker, then became my boss and was always a mentor and still is to this day before I got into real estate. And he worked um, at GoDaddy. He was very close to, to Bob, the founder, mm -hmm. like very, very close, like close. And, um, you know, he always told me that one of the rules that Bob had come up with was if it's good for the consumer and it's good for the company, just do it. So when there's a request that comes up, uh, you know, from, from somebody on the, on the team, whether it's an entry level employee or somebody who's a senior level executive, or yeah. if it's a request from the customer, the criteria for somebody making the decision was, is it good for the consumer and is it good for the company? And when the answer is yes, just do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, 
you know, I'm, my, if you've heard me say this before, I, I apologize for repeating it, but, I, you know, agents over time, like we, we just, we were given this price fix. We, you know, this idea that we had to earn 6%, like in the last 20 years for me, that, that number really hasn't changed. That's just been an assumption is when you get your real estate license, all of a sudden you're, you're worth 6%, but in no other industry do, 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 does, does the agent or someone in that transaction make that kind of money. And, and while it's awesome, and I've certainly enjoyed the ride, I, I have to say that I kind of don't blame the consumer. Like with the technology and the tools that we have, like we can close transactions faster. We can get to consumers faster. We should be doing more volume and save the consumer some money. Like we, we don't get to play both. I, I don't know why, why some agents believe we, we get to do both, but I don't think we do. Uh, I think there's a little bit of the human element of, um, I'm scared because it's different, but then there's also some entitlement yeah. and, you sure. know, let's face it. Most, most of us, not all uh, in this industry are, you know, kind of high drivers, high D's, if you will, if you're familiar yeah. with the disc and we want to kind of make things our own way. And we tend to run things over first before rather than finessing. Right. Um, so, which is another reason why I love Moneyball because I'm, I'm the guy that what does what naturally I want to run things over yeah. and run, run through the wall and Moneyball is all about, hold on a second. Let's look this, look at this different, you know, yeah. um, even before I ever got in business myself, reading that book was the first time I real, I actually realized this is a business book. This has nothing to do with baseball. Yeah. And, definitely. uh, and I I've looked at the world differently ever since. And, and I try to use that as a way to constantly get better. So, um, all right. So starting to wrap up this conversation, what I, one of the things I want to talk about, because, um, you've been super, uh, you've always been a good friend, but you also, you came to me and you told me about something that you're working on uh, with Kenny Klaus and uh, that I think is awesome. I got very fortunate enough to kind of be able to take a look at this ahead of time. And so, and this came out of the fact of basically all the questions you and I just talked about, because yeah. there's the questions we just went over and probably thousands more that agents have around understanding the iBuyer, understanding the institutional buyer as well, the yeah. differences and how do we, actually use this to service our clients. So uh, I noticed the shirt that you're wearing there. Yeah. Today. Could you yeah. tell me, can you tell me about that? By the way, I saw Eugene from Open Door. He, I saw, I noticed he was wearing the shirt today in a, in a Facebook awesome. post uh, that yeah. where Kenny posted the picture. So, <laughs> which I think is great. So shout out to Eugene. Yeah. Um, but so tell me, tell me a little bit about what you've got cooking, man, because I think this is, this iRealestate Estate Pro thing is pretty awesome. Tell me about it. Yeah, we're super excited. So uh, Kenny, Klaus, and I got together and, uh, you know, coming from two different camps and, and ideas on this, me more being investment and institutional side and Kenny obviously being on the, on the retail side, um, we both were selling a lot of properties to in, these iBuyers. And so we came together and we, we decided that, you know, we needed to teach other agents how to do this, that we were kind of tired of hearing that, you know, there was all this fear and, uh, and then we felt like the, it, it was a missed opportunity. And if we don't capture it as an industry, that we will get rolled over. And so, you know, a lot of this is around protecting our industry as an industry, right? Like there, there's an opportunity here for us to, to get together. And I think Kenny says it really well that, you know, when, when an iBuyer is making an offer on a property, like they, that's a uniform deal. They've all made it. And we as agents, we all have different ideals, right? So we're all independent contractors and we all have these different different things going on. So, you know, the goal with iRealEstatePro 
um, is to give agents the education, the core of the education that they're going to need to work with investors and iBuyers in any market. Um, we, you know, it took us a long time to figure out how to do this, right? And there, there is a methodology. It's just like working in, you know, when we started in short sale, none of us knew how to negotiate a short sale. Same process here. I mean, there, there is a science to, you know, getting an offer from these guys. And when you get that offer, the difference in just, you know, an offer and an educated offer and understanding like each one of the iBuyers and potentially what options they mean, because, you know, to be honest, you know, if we're looking at two $200,000 offers from two different buyers, although they may net the same dollar amount, they, they have different, they have different characteristics, right? There's different ancillary ben benefits in working with one of these groups over another. Um, the other thing that we talk about a lot in the course is how agents can leverage this in their business and actually implement some of these tools to make these iBuyers their client. Right, so I, I've I've had the luxury of working with some of the biggest institutions in the world in their aggregation. I've never had a client with the amount of capital that some of these iBuyers have. Um, so they they have a massive amount of capital, and we all have access to them. You know, so it's it's not like the institutional world necessarily, where you know there might be one or two agents in the market that have access. We all do. They they are they are ready. They're telling us all that they want to buy houses. And so the focus really is, you know, giving agents the tools that they need to market to the consumers in a way that we know that they're going to respond, um, or at least that has worked for us. And then the tools that they need to transact with that iBuyer. Then once they get these offers back, how do they present the, the offers in a way that serves the consumer, right? And not necessarily points to just their offer, right? We where Kenny and I met a lot was that, you know, agents were getting offers from iBuyers and they were leveraging that offer to, to go traditional. And they would say to the consumer, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And, you know, we definitely don't coach to that. That's not our methodology here. We, we coach agents that, you know, whatever's in the best interest of the consumer, and it's your job to present all of those options to them. Um, and so that's the, that's the core of the training. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a one-time course. So you take a course online, uh, you get a certification, which, which you have now. Um, and then, uh, and then we, Kenny and I do an ongoing training. And so, you know, this thing is changing and evolving every day. Um, we hear news and we're talking to these guys constantly. And so we're constantly getting updated on new iBuy groups. There's, there's, you know, there'll be five that start by the end of the month. Um, and, and then, you know, what message do they want agents to know? So these guys are definitely not people to fear. I would consider a lot of them friends and not foes. And, you know, if we as agents embrace this as an option, you know, we've proven in all of our numbers that even when we present all the potential options to the consumer, they still need us on the traditional side 60% of the time, right? Like no matter what agent I've given this tool to, that number seems to kind of hold true. And so I think that's the world we're living in right now. We're about 60% of the people still want to list the property and get the most for the money, but it's our job as agents to be as transparent as honest as possible. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like as we started this in our business, we really value time here. And um, so we look hard at time and we've got it down to now. If, if a client comes to us and they want to sell a property, we're selling to one of these iBuyer groups or one of our investors. And the transaction, the total time that we spend on the deal is about 15 minutes. Um, so we've cut our time of transaction down a ton, a lot of headaches out, um, sleep better at night. All those things are, are important to me. And, and so we hopefully take those tools and give those to agents that they can take and use in their business across the country.
Yeah, man, I, I got to tell you. So, so number one, I, I'm really excited about some of the stuff I get uh, with this. And, you know, as you mentioned, me being able to uh, get first, first look at this and to actually get certified by you guys was, has been super awesome because it's something that, you know, when, when you and I started connecting and talking about this, it was funny because Fred and I had been talking for a couple of months of like, how do we do this with our traditional real estate team? Because to me, the message from a marketing standpoint um, isn't really about how much is your house worth. It's if you want an offer, here's, yep. would you like an offer, right? That's, yep. that's actually the message. Would you like an offer? Right. And it's not about, would you like to know how much your house is worth? And then, but how do we take that in our real estate business and actually put that into play? And so when we started talking about this and you were willing to, to let me take a peek at the education that you guys are rolling out, I went, okay, finally our, our problems are solved. Everything from kind of the net sheet. And hopefully, I, I don't know if you've got time, if you could kind of show us what some of these tools are like, but like being able to see the website that you guys have created for your members the marketing materials. And I think what's really important about this is those scripts that you're willing to share. So I can actually have the educated conversation with a buyer or excuse me, with a potential seller about the buyer of their home or the potential buyer of the home. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, the front end, we could, we could talk for hours about marketing and, and kind of the messaging to the consumer. Um, a lot of that is continues to grow and we continue to test, but I think kind of the, the core of this is is really what you guys are looking at here, and this is this is this is really what we see now as the new CMA, right? It used to be that that the consumer would get a CMA from us, and we thought that was pretty cool when Armless came out with the one that we could just push button and print. Um, well, we got to do a little bit more work now, but uh, but you know, with with an iReal Estate Pro certification, this is the kind of tool that 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 you're going to end up with. And so what we found is that, you know, as we show all these offers, so this is an example of a, of a net sheet in Phoenix, um, as we show all of these potential offers to a consumer, right? So we actually get into what we're making as an agent. So what, what the actual cost of sale is to that consumer, uh, what their closing cost is. We put in their mortgage payoff information, HOA transfer fees. We try to get as close to an actual net as possible so they can actually start to see the difference that that all these potential buyers would net them, um, you know, when when we're presenting it this way, we've really removed consumer doubt, um, consumer that that maybe this agent is the right fit for me, or maybe there's 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 another option for me out there, um, you know, I heard about this other company that I don't see, you know, they're not presenting to me, and so I've seen a lot of agents, especially presenting like the two net sheet option, and you know, they're presenting traditional, and then they're getting an iBuyer offer, and they're you're saying, well, that doesn't, you know, you want to go traditional. That, that's the goal here. Um, we present it a little bit differently. We want to make sure that, you know, the consumer drives the ship. Each one of these has a different positive, negative aspect of it. Um, and that, you know, when you're sitting down with your consumer with data like that, they really are driving it. You as an agent, your job just got a heck of a lot easier. You just sit down there and you, you go over, these are all their options. It's so different than when you list a property on MLS and you get 10 offers on the property. You're presenting all those offers, pros and cons of those. We're just doing that in advance and showing them all of our options. And really what it boils down to is, is time. And if the consumer is willing to trade time for convenience, then you have yourself a traditional seller. That's, that's kind of it, it at, at, at the bottom. And, um, and, and this helps them at least make that decision and know that you're not withholding anything and it's not self-serving at all. Yeah, that's, man, I, I got to be honest, like that is huge. 
the, be able, the, the ability to take away that doubt of, yeah, but okay, so I heard Zillow's buying homes here too, versus yeah. if you just show them an open door or an offer pad offer, right. uh, and now to go, well, we actually have some other, some other companies that can buy it. And yeah. if I, if so, if I'm going on an appointment here, I feel like I'm now I'm armed with basically everything I ever need to be able to do this. And I think this is really smart of you guys. One of, one of the things I love, and I, I didn't do a great job of it. So I, I apology to, to Kenny, but for those of you who don't know Kenny Klaus, I think Dan and I just assume everybody does because we're both <laughs> in Phoenix and everybody knows Kenny in Phoenix, but Kenny's one of the top agents in the entire country. And he is a very traditional, he does something that he calls the realtor route. I mean, this guy is the farming machine. He's yep. as a traditional agent as you get. And yet here he is, he's your partner on iRealEstate estate pro to come in and go, hold on a second. How can I use this in my business and right. as this traditional real estate, who's a, a farmer, if you will, in the sense, in the real estate sense. Um, and the fact that you guys have got your institutional mind and your ability to work with these big companies and then Kenny's mind, who's not just, yeah, he sells a lot of real estate, but he also does it in a very traditional sense to be able to bring those two worlds together to me is really super magical uh, from a standpoint of education as another agent who's going through this. And so I just wanted to, I felt like I, I did a terrible job of setting Kenny up there. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure the listeners understand who is actually putting this together. This isn't some dude on wall street who's yeah. up in an ivory tower. This right. is you and Kenny ground floor here in Phoenix who run businesses, not just in Phoenix, obviously. And I, I know you've got, uh, you've got your, your hands in, in transactions all over the country. Yeah. And so this is really a wide ranging thing that can help pretty much every real estate agent on the planet. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we're, we're learning as agents in other markets are taking these things, even non I buyer markets or non major I buyer markets, the tools still work. The, the, cons like what I buyer markets have proven is that, consumers want on stuff on demand. They want mm -hmm. that. They, 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 they want to be able to order on Amazon and have the popsicles at the door before they melt. That's, that's something that they, they, that, that we as agents just have to understand. Like we didn't control that shift. That shift just happened. That's, that's what they want now. And so we just have to be a part of that conversation. And so by us being a facilitator of the information, we, they still need us to guide them through this transaction. There's no question that a, a consumer is better served using a, a licensed real estate agent. But if that agent is now educated in, in how to work with these other buy buyers or investors in that market, they really are opening up the world for, the, for that consumer. And they're, they're, at nothing else, they're, they're probably just eliminating some doubt that you know, now, now they really know what their property's worth, right? If I say to them, hey, in Phoenix, that, you know, these are the six institutional buyers that are active in Phoenix. This is their offer on your property. This is technically what Wall Street says your property is worth to them. Um, you know, these I buyers are interested in your property and this is what they would pay. Uh, a lot of times that that's okay. That's a palatable number for them. But in those instances where they're, they're still tied to the equity and, and they're willing to trade a little time, more times than not, the traditional option is, is probably going to yield them the most money. But that's not always the circumstance. And we just as agents have never been able to give consumers that option before. So we're just starting to learn about how the consumer confidence is building around convenience. And, and this is really the way that they, they, they're saying that they want to transact. And there's a, there's, a, there's a way for us to play in this for sure. I mean, we, we know that the iBuyers that transact with us this way, like 
we get we get more quality offers out of them. So I'm not going to say higher offers, but we know that when agents use our process and they use our tools, that they get a more educated offer out of the iBuyer. And so there's less retrading. There's less of this this bad taste on their mouth when uh, when they get the inspection report back. Um, but it you know it saves us as agents a ton of time because now we can. We can provide our consumers with all their potential options up front. Um, we're super transparent on how we're doing it. And, you know, and, 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 and quite frankly, you could list the property traditionally, and it could mean that one of these iBuyers or institutional offers makes sense 30 days from today. Like, you know, things change. And, and by not having those options before, like, that's, that's the beauty in this for me. That's where I see this being, like, a really, really big gift for, for agents. Absolutely. I got to tell you, so my mind is going a few places as a traditional agent. Um, I'm a little bit untraditional or non-traditional, I guess it would be the right word in the sense that we sell real estate in a few different markets around, around the country, yeah. not just here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and what I'm thinking is, okay, this gives me the chance to really compete here in Phoenix, which is like I buy our ground zero, right? Yeah. It really gives me the chance to go and build my business, compete in a way that I didn't have before. But the other thing that I'm thinking, quite frankly, is in some of these markets I'm in where it's not an iBuyer market yet, or maybe maybe it never will be, this actually, when I look at some of the stuff I get from your training, from the scripts and the, the website where I can actually go capture leads from people who do want cash offers, uh, and the, the media that you've used, the kind of the ad campaigns that you've used as well through yep. this training, I go, I could actually go out here and build my own investing business. I could also go out... And now if I'm a, if especially in our business where we've been in business for years, we've got a database of also smaller clients, mom and pops, where some of these institutions may not be, I can now go service them at a whole different level that I never could before. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, we actually think it's, it's, it's awesome in markets that, that we don't see a lot of the, the bigger iBuyer traffic right now, because you kind of could serve both. You're going to concert, you know, you're serving your, your new clients that want to sell but also you're, you're wetting the appetite of all the, the investors to see properties that they've never been able to see before. So, so that's, it's an interesting dynamic of being able to kind of serve, serve all, the, all the parties there. Awesome. So uh, if I'm an agent right now, I'm listening to this or I'm watching it on Facebook Live or YouTube, I can go to is that irealestatepro.com and check this out. Is there anywhere else somebody should go to learn more about this? No. So right now, just go to irealestatepro.com. Uh, we are actually going to, besides you, Kevin, we are going to uh, certif start certifying agents as of August 8th. So August 8th is our official launch date uh, where agents can take the, the course online. So it's not like they have to sit in a classroom and, and listen to us talk for three and a half hours. They, they do have to listen to us, but they, they get to do it online. <laughs> uh, but all the tools, the website, um, all of our training, all that stuff is built into the, into the website or into the training course for them. Um, so it's a one-stop shop. The community is where this thing is really, really going to grow. And we think we're going to learn a ton from. So Kenny and I both are very much into, um, how even some of these Facebook groups have evolved and the things that we learn and happening in different markets. Um, so, you know, as agents start to come into our community, we really hope that evolves into where we're, there's a ton of value for agents where, you know, an agent in Portland can show an agent in Austin what he's doing or a marketing piece that he's used. That's been, that, that's been really effective. And, you know, it hopefully will give agents a place to, to kind of band together because these companies are banded together and uh, 
So we as agents need to, to get our arms around this and, and uh, you know, get in consumers' living rooms with, with good information, serve our consumers a little bit better, and, and we can play too. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, uh, Dan, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to number one, let me just kind of interview you and learn a little bit more about the way you think, um, but also being able to, I, I love it. I get a six-day head start. Listen, I'm, yeah, I, like, I like bonuses and exclusive stuff. I'm yeah. not afraid to admit it. Uh, so to be the first IREP certified agent uh, is pretty awesome honor for me. So thank you for that. And But truthfully, I'm super glad about being able to bring this to my organization because the consumers that we're that we are servicing we are constantly thinking about how do we bring them a higher level and i genuinely believe this is the way we're going to do it um or this is i should maybe it's it's not everything but it is absolutely the way we bring them more options and get us closer to making sure we are meeting the demands of the consumer to me this is the biggest missing piece in that opportunity and so i just want to say thank you to both you and kenny because i know that you guys have worked hard on making this thing uh, come to life. So thanks a ton, man. Well, thank you and uh, congrats for being the, the first I real estate pro certified agent in the country. That's Absolutely. Cool. I'm gonna go crack yeah. my bottle of champagne and we're gonna take a picture of it and post it. And I'm, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about that. So, um, all right, so anybody listening, we appreciate your time as always, but check out irealestatepro.com. Uh, you can look up Dan Noma. You probably won't see too much of him because he's the guy who's basically always working and in the lab, if you will. But uh, Dan's a great guy. If someone wants to connect with you, Dan, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, probably through Facebook. It'd be the, the easiest way to find me there. Just Dan Noma Jr. You can find me there or through our website at Venture REI and, uh, and now through iRealEstate Estate Pro. Awesome. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening today. We appreciate your time. And uh, Dan, thanks a bunch. I know that this, uh, this launch is going to go awesome for you guys next week and uh, super excited to, to be part of this with you. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. All right. We'll see you guys later. Next Level Agents. Take it easy and we'll talk to you soon. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor. If you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups. Next Level Agents. See you soon.